Welcome to Unpeeled, where we peel back the layers to get to the core of the story. This is Shannon Peel, and I'm so glad that you decided to join us today. Why did you choose to sell insurance? It, I fell into the industry by mistake at first. That's what they all say. That's what everybody <laughs> says because nobody grows up saying, oh my God, I can't wait to grow up so I can sell insurance. Because first of all, nobody even knows what it is, including my own children who say, you know, can you do some uh, YouTube videos and explain like step-by-step step what insurance is? Because we don't understand it. We never learned about it in school. And yet that's something we should learn about in school. Yes. Absolutely. Okay, so you fell into it. How did you fall into it? Somebody actually had my name and number, um, and it was in a general liability insurance, like so for commercial insurance or home insurance or auto insurance. It was a company that called me up and said, hey, can you come talk to us? And I said, how did you get my name? And they're like, oh, well, we have your resume. And I said, how did you get my resume? I never applied for an insurance <laughs> job. I don't even have an insurance license. And they said, just come talk to us. And, um, they made, um, uh, an offer that I couldn't resist. They said I could have any hours I wanted. They were going to pay for my insurance licensing for my exam and all the training was going to be provided. And if I ever needed to take a day off, um, for the children, um, I, I could take off anytime I needed to, I was going to get full medical dental benefits. And they also told me that, um, they just happened to have an office that's next to my kid's school. So, I don't know, some angel gave them my name and I took them up on the offer. It was summer and they said, ship your kids off to grandparents for six weeks and come do training from eight to five every day for six weeks and we're going to pay you. And I thought I have nothing to lose. And shortly after I realized I love insurance law, insurance contracts. Um, I love contract law. Um, I realized that I just love what insurance can do um, when you're spreading risk around. Um, I just, I guess there's another piece in it. I always think that people spend more money than they need to in this city, in Vancouver, it's just so expensive. And I think, okay, oh, here's one way that business owners could save money because there's retained earnings in the company that can go tax-free and deferred for, for years on end to cover a capital gains tax bill. Okay, this is like legal and we're allowed to take care of business owners. Okay, I can do this. I love this this it's, idea of helping people. Um, it's almost like legal money laundering in some for some products. Oh, shh. Um, <laughs> it's completely legal and... Um, the whole purpose of insurance to begin with was to spread risk. Yeah. Um, it was set up because uh, back in, in England a million years ago, um, maybe not quite that long ago, um, there was, like yeah, there was a whole bunch of um, uh, fishermen that were going out and there was always one boat that went down. And when they got back to their village, um, everybody had to pony up some money to help uh, the mom with all the children yeah. and um, help them. So uh, after that, it was decided that there should be something put in place ahead of time that everybody would put into this pot. And if nobody went down that year, the, the pot would just keep growing and be there for when somebody needed it. So what a great way to spread risk. Cause you know, you're going to help your neighbors anyhow, 
Um, <laughs> at least back then you helped your neighbors. Nowadays, we, we don't help you. We don't have family members alone. I think it's an amazing place. Um, I love this world. I, I love all the communities that I've been hitting in the last couple of years. I like how people do help each other. But let's be honest. Um, yeah, there's a lot of honest. people who can't um, afford to pitch in and start saving other families or helping other people when they can't help themselves right now. Yeah. So why not put um, a little bit of cash aside and put something into a forced savings kind of place where in the end it's a win-win it's it's a real no-brainer i always say that and not to insult people um but simply to um to say if if you need some insurance it's there and if you don't need it you're going to get your money back because those are the kind of products i sell there there's the key though if you don't need it you get your money back. Yeah, it's it's a it's a lot different what I do now than when I started out with, like I said, with the home insurance, commercial insurance, the uh, general liability insurance. Mm-hmm. I, I don't do that anymore. I, I do life insurance and critical illness insurance and um, working with business owners um, to protect uh, a capital gains tax um, if something happens to them because um, CRA will want their money. Yeah. Um, and I love to do succession planning. I get excited about... Um, people uh, buying a new business or selling a business and doing something else. And I like to have those resources for them and help promote. I'm naturally a promoter. Yeah. You talk more about other people's businesses than you do your own a lot of times. Yeah. Well, and you're constantly um, introducing people to each other as a natural connector. Yeah. Which is, you know, great. And it's you it's totally you and your personality um but really you love insurance that much i'm crazy about this industry this next to singing is yeah music and insurance are my two favorite things now i'm not really sure i've ever met someone who is crazy about insurance (laughs) and Okay, well, I'm having I, a hard time wrapping my head around. Okay, it's insurance. It's boring. You got to lead. Oh, I know. But when you think about how many people um, lose a lot of money in the markets, mm-hmm. you hear horror stories when markets are down. Um, and, and and when you hear about how much people pay, like with fees at banks, um, or when when you just hear about how people just don't understand. Uh, anything about their pensions and what they've been contributing for like 20 or 30 years. They're like, I know I have something I pay into something each month, but I don't know what it is, but I don't want to know. I don't care. Cause I just, I know I want to be able to retire one day. Um, and I don't know when it's going to be, cause I'm not sure I can retire. I, I always feel like, Oh my God, we live in the best place in the world. It might be expensive in this city, but we're not working for no reason. I think, people should be able to feel like they have something to look forward to and they should know that, Hey, we have OAS old age security. There's going to be a, a little chunk of change each month. There's a little, um, you know, bonus cause we made it to 65. <laughs> yeah. And trust me, it's little. <laughs> well, as long as, um, our, our present government doesn't try to get rid of it, yeah. um, which they've talked about. Yeah, because um, they might have to. And and then the other thing is uh, a lot of people don't know um, what they're going to have for CPP. 
their their pension from the government and they're like oh you mean i get a pension from my company and from the government like well, what does it look like oh well guess what you can go on canada service um uh, servicecanada.com and you can go and create an account and you can go take a look how many pensionable earnings do you have in there now like you can start planning and i think planning so exciting you can't see my face right now but i'm just like what <laughs> i i get excited about people's planning and what are you going to do next and um I, I just sat down with somebody who retired from TELUS. Um, she's 53 years old. She was with them for 30 years. And with TELUS or her husband? <laughs> Both. <laughs> <laughs> she's still with her husband. And uh, she has two grown boys. And she's been racing around uh, helping them start their careers now. Um, but she started volunteering with me at Seton Villa, where we've been doing um, all kinds of art classes and music classes. And, uh, but anyhow, she was saying to me, yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of worried, like, you know, do you know how all this pension stuff works? And yeah, guess what? That's what I do. I love talking about pensions and this is the new part of your life. This is the best part of your life. You, you, the last part of your life, you thought you were at a company that you had to be at cause you had to pay your mortgage and you had to raise two kids and you had to pay the bills. But guess what? Now you get to decide what you're going to do every day. And it doesn't have to be anything that you don't want to. Yeah. And for the people that get to retirement and have money, like my parents, well, it's not like my parents have money, money. They don't have a ton of money, but they have enough money and they've, they've set themselves up relatively well that they can go on a vacation for six months of the year, four to six months of the year. They can, my dad's got properties to work on all year round if he wants and mom is busier than ever before but they are living the life that they want to live now that they're not working it's amazing how much they do now but not everyone retires with money the thing it is is that your old age pension and your cpp if that is all you're relying on you're going to be in for a rude awakening yeah, it can be scary for some people. Um, I did get a couple calls over the last two years, and it was uh, a couple widowed um, people. Uh, they had partners that had been the breadwinners, and they're 65 now. They wanted help um, setting up their old age security. So they got their OAS, um, and they said, Tammy, it's like really difficult to live on um, – our OAS and the CPP. CPP was only a couple hundred bucks a month for each of them because they didn't have very many working hours throughout their They raised their children. They cooked, they baked, they cleaned. Mm-hmm. Um, they did what they thought they were supposed to do. Their husband was out. He was the one making and, the money. And he paid the mortgage off. So they, they, have, they have a house, mm-hmm. um, but they don't quite have enough to cover taxes, insurance, and they wanted to spend some money on their grandchildren right now. And they're wondering if there's anything else they can do. And I said, let's just take a look at the value of your house. (laughs) (laughs) Well, for some people, like, that is your retirement. I mean, for when I was married, that was, I didn't really worry about retirement and everything because I had the house. Mm -hmm. And that was going to be, well, we'll just live off the house, reverse mortgage it, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, Plus, I was young and I didn't really think about retirement. And... I don't think a lot of people think about retirement. We don't. 
um, under 45 years old, you think you're going to live forever. You're going to work forever. You're resilient. You have a lot of energy. Well, you're just trying to survive. I mean, you're just trying to pay the bills, pay for the kids, educate stuff at school. Cause there's always a bill coming home from school. It's public, but there's always something true there. Sports or music or dance or whatever you want to get them nice stuff at Christmas. You want to make sure they they have clothes and shoes and backpacks and all that stuff that like when I was married, my kids had all of that and everything I had, every dollar I made went to make sure that they had what they needed. Groceries were going up. Gas was going up. Um, you know, everything was going up in price, but my income was going down. Right. And then divorce happened. Which is 50 or more than 50% of our population. And can't afford, sorry, kids, can't afford the lifestyle that you just had. Can't afford to give you all of that stuff anymore because I'm just trying to put food on the table. So then single moms and single dads and, you know, right now, if you think of my nuclear family, we all live in separate places. Right. So it's like four rents being paid or mortgages. Yeah. And I think it's interesting, though, um, what you said, we can't afford. I'm always looking at that phrase and wondering um, about the type of language that people use around money. Um, I, I did a post a little while ago on Facebook, or I, I was trying to do a live post, but I'm, my technology technology is my friend. Um, <laughs> okay, um, that's really funny, because if you know Tammy, you know that technology is not her friend. <laughs> um, so I'm trying to choose very carefully. Um, I'm really discerning with the words that I use. Yeah. Um, but so technology is my friend. Uh, so I don't know that it was a live post, but I, I did put something on Facebook where I got a couple um, comments back saying, yeah, growing up, I always heard we can't afford that. Oh, and, yeah. We can't afford this. We can't afford that. Yeah. And the other thing. Be practical. We don't have any money. Do you think money grows Long on trees? trees. <laughs> Um, actually it does. And, um, and so what, <laughs> um, but don't you also think though that, okay, yes, I have very limiting language when it comes to things like money, love, success. Mm -hmm. We all know my language is, if you know me, you know, my language is quite limiting, um, of my abilities. But when I do look at society, and where we are. I do not hear people saying I can't afford. I hear people saying I can afford it with my credit card. I can <laughs> yes. afford it with my line of credit. Mm. I can afford whatever lifestyle I want right now because I've got this thing called a bank. Well, I think there's a lot of entitlement uh, type of spending that goes on too. Um, I've, I've heard nothing, uh, but I think I deserve that. I work really hard and I deserve a new car. Um, that's interesting to me when we look at their budget. And, and okay, so in particular, I have a client, um, and this isn't a client. I have three like this just in the last six months. So all three of them said, uh, I've worked really hard. I make $100,000 a year, which I don't think is bad for Vancouver. Uh, no, it's uh, way Vancouver. more than I <laughs> And um, all three of them had said something. Okay, so one in particular said, I think I deserved a new car. Um, and people treat me differently. 
when I drive this particular car. And I said, really? Because I couldn't give a rat's ass what kind of car you drive. I wouldn't treat you any differently. I like you who, you know, for who you are. And she said, no, you don't understand. This is Vancouver. Some people really treat me differently when they see this car and they know it's really expensive. They're really nice to me. Okay. So there's the part about how she thinks she deserves to drive a nice car mm-hmm. there's because she works so hard but and the other piece is she thinks people treat her differently and they're nicer to her which okay so i see the two benefits in doing that the only problem is when you've already got a mortgage credit card uh debt and <laughs> there's all the other bills on top of that and oh, the government took half of the, that 100000 You got that right. There is nothing left. And now she is using credit cards every day to eat out because that's the other piece of the entitlement piece. That's my bad. People deserve so much more. Um, being able to give more to ourselves, um, something outside of material goods and... Um, praise from others or acceptance from others or having niceties with others. I, I think there's a piece of ourself that we can give to us. You know, where's that self-care piece? I'm really curious. You know, I hear a lot of people actually talking about self-care because, you know, like when I came out of my divorce, everyone's like, well, now you need to take care of yourself. I, I heard that all the time. It's like, well, I don't know how to do that. I know how to take care of my husband. I know how to take care of my kids. I know how to take care of the dog the dog, um, my work, uh, your parents, no, my parents, my parents are very self-sufficient. I don't have to do anything with them, but well, that's odd because a lot of people, mine are do really have. young. Mine yeah. are really young. Mine are, mine are young and they're healthier than I am. And yeah, they're, so they're really you're fortunate. good. I'm very fortunate. Yeah. But everyone comes saying, well, it's time for you to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. What is self-care? I think Okay, and it's interesting that you say that because if you know me, you know I'm not really into makeup. I don't like anything on my face. Yeah, me neither. Except for maybe a moisturizer. Mm -hmm. But I did have somebody say to me recently, oh my God, you came to this event without makeup. Why don't you go get your nails done and and do up your makeup? Well, first of all, my nails I think are beautiful, au naturel. I have these like, I don't know, perfect nails. I, I, I feel like I wake up every morning and my hair looks great. <laughs> and I, and I don't, I just don't think I need makeup. So I feel great the way I am. So I, for me, self-care is uh, meditation in the morning and at night. And at first it was a chore a couple of years ago, I found it was a chore, but now I get excited. I don't know that it gets exciting to me to design my life mm-hmm. and not leave it in the hands of anybody else. And I, and I guess I feel like if I meet my own needs, then I can help others during the day. And I went for a run this morning, which I haven't been doing lately, but running and moving my lungs has been feeling good. That's good. Yeah. I still have a hard time with self-care because mm-hmm. I'm so focused on getting market appeals, brand done, or helping other people with their brand. And I seem to wake up in the morning, start working. And when I take my nose out of the work, it's time to go to bed. And I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. Because there's no one making demands of me. Right. But if you did have children and a partner to answer to or to cook for or help clean and really what is self-care? What is it? How can we define it? Um, 
I'm a long way from loving myself. Mm-hmm. And if that's going to kill my brand just by saying that, then that's their problem, not mine. Because really, oh no, you're so I love your your I love market appeal. Um, market appeal is the only reason I'm still here. So I love you. <laughs> I think you're amazing. Um, well, it's. I know what I'm doing. Like, I know what I'm doing. And you I'm- do know what you're doing. You do what you do very well. And that's why I leave uh, technology to you. <laughs> right. But I find that people, you know, I'm too honest about where I am in a lot of ways. I, that's what I appreciate but I know about that's you, you most. That's what, I know that's what you love about me. But yes. other people are like, no, you can't be telling, telling anyone that. Don't tell anyone that. People aren't going to respect you or aren't going to think you have any value or that you're any good if, if they right. know that you're kind of in the mud pit. Right, right. If you're not but completely don't out of the mud pit and completely looking come all put together. All put together. <laughs> you know, I'm just a normal person. Yes, you are. You're normal and you're um I'm a normal you're, person. But you're gifted who struggles. We all struggle. So I think when people say that you shouldn't show who you are because people won't want to know that you're less than perfect. I don't think that's a good thing because I think people want to be able to relate to us. They want to mm-hmm. know that you have a shitty day too sometimes and that things can be challenges because we're not good at everything in the world. I So I love insurance law and contract law and I like reading about tax legislation, but that doesn't mean that I have to be good at technology. I don't have to be great on Facebook. You know, my daughter said, oh my God, mom, do not put that YouTube video about insurance up there. Like, don't you know how to use video editing? And I'm like, no, No, that's not my job. I don't need to be competent with technology. That's like where people like you and her help me with things like that. And, um, And I get to just specialize in what I do. And yeah, because I'm not about to sit down and read tax law. <laughs> and quite <laughs> That's frankly, my thing for Saturday night, <laughs> I'm really not interested in reading anything about insurance or, you know, <laughs> yes. Uh, don't you find though? Okay. So going back to insurance yeah, and the way people spend money, people are willing to spend money on a trip to Mexico or on a car or on a cell phone and they will borrow in order to do these things. Yes. But they do not want to spend money on things like insurance. And I think that's why I've marketed um, what I do. And I use certain companies that will return the money if they never make a claim. I don't use other products where um, you don't get your money back because I feel like people don't make insurance a priority. And I I think that they don't understand what it does for you. And so my daughter said, like, make sure you put a step-by-step set of videos out um, on YouTube and make sure you explain to people what you do and how insurance works and um, how banks work and how credit works, because we want to know. Yeah. And she's only 17. <laughs> I know. And my son's 20 and he's all over trying to figure out the economy and economics yes. and, and how the stock market works. You know, she's paying for her own bills and everything. Yeah. I think they, they do have a right to know these things. So I want to share a whole bunch of information. Um, there's going to be uh, a nice uh, list of uh, videos on YouTube. Where I know you'll help me 
set up the video and you'll, I know you'll be able to put it out there for me. You'll deal with all the technology. I am going to put that information out there. It'll, it's coming shortly. That's good. That's what you, that's fine. That makes sense. And then, um, and then I'm going to explain the difference between some of the different types of insurance. So if people didn't value it before and they weren't making it a priority, um, I think that it would encourage people to look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas a lot of people have cringed when they ask me, oh, what do you do for a living? Um, I, sometimes I don't want to use the word insurance at all <laughs> um, and, or financial planning or anything around finance because people go, oh my God, don't talk to me about that. Like that, it, It's almost like they think if we start talking about it, they'll have to start being accountable and responsible for the money that they do spend on whatever it is that they buy, um, which might not always be practical. And there's like a lot of shame and, and yeah, so I'm always curious about people and their beliefs about money and the language they use. And, and I I guess I want to know why people don't think they deserve to retire or why they don't deserve to have a certain amount of money each month or each year. Or I know that you do what you do in your life because you're really good at, you know, writing books and, you know, editing copy and you're great at technology and making all kinds of beautiful websites. And yeah, I like yeah, you're amazing with marketing. Like, I know why you do what you do because you're good at it. Mm-hmm. But some people, you wonder, why do they stick it out for 30 years in one company that they... And they're miserable. Yes. And they say they have to because they got to pay the mortgage. And I say, well, what do you want to do? Because I'm I'm a promoter and I'm a connector. And yeah. I can help you, you know, meet the right people that you want to work with. And do, like, ask me. Ask me for help. Because I'm not just about insurance. No. No, no, you're not. Like... <laughs> you're always trying to bring people together in one form or another. Sometimes your ideas are way too big. It's like, okay, can we just pare that down a little bit so that we can, you know, actually, I get excited. Do it. I get excited about things and I, I see, and that's what the meditation piece does for me. I have this chance to dream and think about things outside the box, mm-hmm. thinking about things bigger than myself. You're absolutely passionate about insurance, which I'm sorry, still. What? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Why? Like, what is your why? Okay, so what is your why? What is your purpose? Why do you do what you do? So my purpose is based on my core values. And I feel like my core value, number one, is safety. And people always ask, like, oh, well would your core value ever change? No, I don't think your core value can change. I believe that your core values stem from something between the ages of zero and six, something happened or didn't happen that affect how you react in the world. And I think that what happened to me between zero and six made me the person I am today, which is very aware, hypervigilant for Mm -hmm. sure. And safety is everything. I don't like people to get tricked. I can't stand people being manipulated. I don't like that piece. Um, So there's something about me wanting to bring forward um, education. And like, what about people who just, they're stuck in their fear around money or basic needs and they're just scared. 
and about everything in life. They, that's the way they grew up from zero to six. Something about the way they were raised was fear-based. So they're always scared and nervous. And I, I like to be that person that goes, okay, so what do you need? I just know I need to get some insurance, Tammy. Can we just do this? I, I have $50 a month and, and that's all I have right now. It's fine. Let, then let's just get what you need. This is what you can do in the future when something changes and your circumstances are different. But right now, let's just take care of what you you know that you want mm-hmm. and that you need. And let's worry about you. Let's not worry about me and what my motives are, my ulterior you know, agenda. Let's worry about what the person needs, what they want. And then if maybe I can't give it to them. Maybe they're not insurable. Maybe they can't afford 50. We take a look at their budget and we see that they're not making ends meet. And maybe this is a good opportunity for me to get some resources to them around um, guaranteed income supplement because they're 67 years old and they didn't know that this was available and they're on their own and they've got prescriptions and they can barely feed themselves each month. And my why? I want to leave this world a better place than I found. Is this world getting any better? You betcha. Okay. It's different. And I did get told recently that I've always got my rose colored glasses on. Yes, you do. And I was called Pollyanna. (laughs) Yeah. And um, at the same time, I think it's interesting. Some other people mentioned recently that I'm very aggressive, but I think that you are, (laughs) but, but I think that that's because when you're assertive and you're female, I think people view that as aggressive, unless you're like my mom, the sweet little old lady who's, you know, passive and, and subservient and submissive. Um, yeah, which I'm, you're not, (laughs) I'm not submissive and I'm not subservient. I'm somewhat defiant and, but you're also the fact of the matter is, yeah, you're very strong willed. You're, you're, you're very, I want this to happen. And I'm going to make it happen. Yes. And it happens. Yes. Because you pull everybody into it. <laughs> you don't really listen to people saying no. You just say, okay, no, no. Yeah, you're coming. Uh, Shannon, you're going to be there. No, Tammy, I really, you, I'm expecting you there. You're going to be there. I'll see you then. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> so, oh, great. I got to go. So what you're saying is that um, me talking about how I don't like manipulation is really projection. <laughs> um, okay, but just so we're clear, when when I manipulate that way, the intention is always good. Oh, I it's, know. it's for um, my intention is always uh, to better um, community and and our lives together. Well, and you do, you really do. I mean, when you put together an event or when you bring people together, you know, you're bringing people together that I get there and it's like, Oh yeah, actually this isn't so bad after all. Like I'm actually (laughs) having fun. I'm meeting people that are pretty cool. And yeah, I just need to get my ass out of the, out of the apartment every once in a while. So sometimes people need to be drawn out. Yes. And you're able to say, okay, look, we want to go forward. Yeah. And in order to go forward, we need to come and do this. And you're trying to bring people together to do that. And unfortunately, a lot of times, and I see it around you quite a bit, is people pushing back a little bit. Yeah. And saying, no, that's not the way I want to go. 
Right. And it's hindering you Hmm. because it's all on you. Then it becomes all on you. Mm -hmm. Right. And we can't do everything on our own. And unfortunately in our world today, we have this ideal of people who do it on their own. We think Steve Jobs, the Elon Musk's, the Bill Gates, the... But they all had teams. They all had teams. They did. They did. And they were able to bring those teams together. But do we talk about those teams? Well, I feel like I always have people that have my back like you. Uh, Right from day one, you were always there whenever I've called you even if you don't want to do something and I need help yeah you've always showed up for me and I'm always so grateful um for people like you and I have I do have lots of people you have a lot of people like that you have a lot of people that love you and that are willing to show up yes and be there for you you bring a bunch of people together but they don't bring anyone with them right so you're just talking to the same people over and over and over again sometimes but hopefully uh, with the YouTube videos and maybe with this podcast reaching different people, maybe who knows this will reach others. When you have podcasts like this, I, I love to be able to tell people to reach out to me when they need that little piece of support. All that matters is that you're happy with you and I'm happy with me and we have a purpose here and that we're making a difference in people's lives, which you do every day. So I love that about you. You're the most modest person I know. I don't even talk to people every day. I just... You do do so much for others, like all the time. You're the most gracious, kind, generous person I know. Pina coladas, lots of rum, coconut milk, uh, limes, and a little bit of mint thrown in there is a perfect way to end this um, interview and this day. So are we going to get pina coladas? Is that what you're telling me? They're so rich that you can have one and just be completely satisfied and happy. It's like having a cupcake with extra icing. You think so? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got to go up and shave and get dressed and do some of my hair. Okay, so we're saying goodbye? Yeah, I'm saying goodbye. Okay, thank you for having me. This is Shannon Peel. Thank you so much for joining us today on Unpeeled. We want to hear from you, so log into that social media account. Use the hashtag Unpeeled and let us know your thoughts about today's podcast.